You're listening to Her Brilliant Health Radio, episode number 13. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to Her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN Dr. Kieran Dunstan shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. Hey, it's Dr. Kieran, and welcome to another episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Today, I have a special guest. Please help me welcome Matthew Bivens. Matthew is a lover, husband, father, player, and creator. He's a half-glass-full type of guy, and he's incredibly passionate about living an abundant, loving life. He funnels that energy into his podcast, Having It all, A-L-L, Abundant Loving Life, where he teaches others how to create their own abundant loving lives. He also co-hosts a podcast with his wife, Sarah, called Doing It at Home, a show about home birth with the goal of inspiring and empowering women and families to create the birth experience that they truly deserve. I first heard about Matthew when I stumbled across his podcast, A-L-L, Abundant Loving Life. I'm enamored with podcasts. I love searching for new podcasts I haven't heard of, listening to them. It's kind of like going into a candy store or a bookstore for me. I love to go on iTunes and just search the different categories and see who's out there talking about what and what they're offering and seeing if it's a match of an interest for me, something I'd like to listen to. Sometimes I like to listen to something funny, or maybe I like to listen to something that I can learn about health, or maybe something that's totally a foreign topic to me. And I stumbled upon Matthew's podcast and having it all, an abundant loving life, and I started listening. And I, after a while, I was listening to episode after episode after episode because I loved how engaging he was. I loved his insight in a world of airbrushed, marketed people. Here was this authentic guy talking about his innermost feelings, musings, motivations, and relationships, and his thought processes and feelings on a public forum like a podcast, and gaining great insight and growing right before my very eyes. So I had to reach out to Matt, and I shot him an email through his website, and he answered me back, and we kind of have developed this friendship going forward. And I knew when I launched my podcast that I had to have him on the podcast. Welcome, Matthew Bivens. So good to have you on the podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure and I'm excited to jump into some cool stuff with you. Yeah, so I just want to just share with you and everybody listening why I wanted to have you. I shared a little bit in the introduction um, how I, I love podcasts. I'm like a kid in a candy store when I go search for new podcasts on iTunes. And I stumbled on your podcast one day and I started listening. And I was just mesmerized 
I work with women mostly. And a lot of times what has to do with their health is their relationships, which oftentimes involves men. And I get a lot of complaints from my clients about their relationships with the men in their lives. And here is this guy dissecting his thought processes, his emotions, his relationships in public media for everyone to digest and listen to. And I just thought it was one of the most refreshing things I had ever heard. And I thought every woman I work with needs to hear this. And I need to have him on the podcast because part of creating her brilliant health is having her brilliant relationships, which means brilliant relationships, including with the men in our lives. So I was so excited to have you and I'm so grateful that you agreed to come and talk with me. And that's going to be the focus of our conversation. So welcome. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. Well, I, I, I don't have much to say other than thank you. That was an amazing, um, amazing gift you just shared and, and how you found me and what you thought when you were listening. So um, again, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Great. So I would love to know and have you share with everyone, how did you come to this idea of creating your podcast and sharing really extremely intimate thoughts in that public arena? So the, the story of how I got to having it all, um, I'll give you the condensed version. I started a marketing podcast before that one. And at the time I had been, uh, been a marketer and had my own agency and was doing that thing. And I wanted to try out podcasting as this new content medium that was, that was out there. Gave it a shot and I ended up loving podcasting. I didn't necessarily love talking about business and marketing. So as that podcast was going and as I was, I was doing that business, I had created these small mastermind groups with entrepreneurs and in those mastermind groups, we're talking about all the things that come up, the roadblocks that come up when folks are, are creating their business. And it was fascinating to me because nine times out of 10, the stuff we were talking about were relationship type things, whether it's their relationship to themselves, to another person like their spouse, or to life and, them, and their circumstances. We weren't talking about business strategies or tools and all that great stuff. And I loved those conversations. I love those conversations. And I had been in those conversations in my own personal life uh, in different groups and environments that I had placed myself in just really to expand myself consciously in a lot of different ways. So all of those things sort of swirled together. I didn't want to talk about marketing. I loved podcasting and I really loved conversations about how we are relating to ourselves, others in life. So I decided, you know what, let's jump in and make a podcast around this. So I started thinking about names for the show and having it all was a sentiment that I believe in and believed in that I could choose to, to have a fulfilled life in all of the areas that were important to me. And the phrase having it all was also something that I kept seeing as being very polarizing. People would write a blog article about how having it all is impossible or it's foolish or irresponsible to, to advocate that. Mm -hmm. And then folks would talk about, here's five ways you can have it all. So I love that phrase. And then the acronym came afterwards. And I thought all, you know, it's not about possessing things. 
about that internal state of, for me, abundance and love in all the areas of life. And that's where the name came from. So that's how the show started. And that's how the conversations really got rolling with the podcast. Okay, great. Thank you for sharing that. And I love how you did take that phrase that really kind of is a loaded phrase, you can have it all. And, you know, I'm I'm reminded of that commercial when I was growing up. Um, I can bring home the bacon, fry it up in the pan and never let you forget you're a man, you know, and it was for a perfume, Anjali for women, you know, like we can, we can have it all. Yeah. But it's funny because um, at the college I went to, an all-women's college, Bryn Mawr College, that was often the refrain, you can have it all. You can have the career. You can be a wife. You can be a mother. You can have, you know, the perfect home and, and social life, and you can have all this. And in short order, the majority of us, once we graduated and went on into our careers, discovered that, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> So if you really try to have it all as defined by society, something's going to fall by the wayside. And what I've come to at this stage in my life is really what you described, that it's more an internal state and it's more the beingness with which I bring who I am to what I'm doing. And then I let a lot of those kind of external things go by the wayside. It doesn't really matter where I live. It doesn't yeah. really matter what car I drive. Yeah. You know, all of those things. It just matters who I'm being while I'm doing it. So I love that. And I, I think I got that from listening to you is that you came from that place from the get-go. So I, I really, I really appreciate that. So thank you for that. Yeah, no, you're welcome. And that was uh that that's I don't necessarily know where that idea was passed on to me and picked up, but um, it absolutely resonates because there's been so many times in my life where I I I felt like if I didn't have the thing or I would be happy when I had the thing. Um, I wasn't the big dater when I was in high school, and I would see my friends uh, and other classmates connecting and finding you know high school love and all of that, and I felt well I will feel more confident or I'll feel more happy or I'm feel, I'll feel more worthy when I have another person who mm-hmm. wants to call me their, you know, their, their boyfriend. And so I, I, I had that sort of tendency in my mind to just continue to place, I will feel X, Y, and Z when something else happens external. And, and that was no way for me to, to, to be, I never felt I never achieved those feelings that I desired by constantly putting them externally. And so when that awareness happened within me and I started to make those shifts, then it really did become about my internal state and who I was being as opposed to what I was doing or what I was having. And I love that because you've got decades of a head start on my generation anyway. And I think it's important not only for men to hear this, but for women to hear this because a lot of women who I see who have health challenges, they've been chasing that next thing that's going to make them be okay. And then they can be healthy, you know, and for a lot of people in the age group I work with, it's, Oh, I'm just going to get to retirement. And then, and then I can work on my health and it's kind of like, no, you gotta be, be, be being this the, the whole way. There is no place to get. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, I, I just did an episode on my show last night. I was talking about what does it look like to live and experience your ideal life now? Because, you know, it, it's so easy to just place it on something in the future. When I get my degree, then I'll be able to feel like I'm actually you know, living into, into the, my schooling or blah, blah, blah. And, and it's just easy to do. It's just easy to do. I mean, we, we celebrate the planning and the, and the visioning and, and putting things out there and working hard for those things in the future. That's kind of what we celebrate in, in society, which, which are fine. But I think it's when you put your inner peace or sense of fulfillment or purpose or well-being placed on that future thing, you kind of get into that mode, that treadmill mode where you're constantly working for it, constantly going for it, going for it and never experiencing it in the moment because you aren't being it in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I so agree with you. And so I encourage everybody listening to listen to that podcast. So it's, it's right now. And, and health, I always say is a journey, not a destination. Yeah. Make it a destination. I'm going to get healthy and, but I'm going to get healthy when I, finish remodeling my house when I retire, when I did it. And so it's always this off in the future thing. And so I love what you're saying. And I just want to help everyone be mindful who's listening that, you know, health is something that you just, you, you do. It's, it's a process that becomes a part of who you are, just like breathing and brushing your teeth and showering. Uh, it's, it's not an event. So thank you for, for the journey that's brought you here. Um, so the podcast is Her Brilliant Health. Yeah. And it's about helping women create health that's brilliant. And so I always like to ask my guests, how do you define brilliant health? Oh, it's one of those great questions that makes you think, right? Mm-hmm. Brilliant health to me, the word authenticity comes to my spirit living into that authentic person from within you that you want to be and you want to express. You know, there's a lot of, I think health is, is unique to everybody with our body types, with our environments, with all these different things there. I don't believe there's one size fits all. So there has to be a unique expression of it. And when I'm coming from a place of, you know, when I'm, when I'm going inside and I'm thinking, what does it feel like for me to feel my most vibrant or my most energetic, uh, my most mentally clear, my most emotionally stable, um, my most compassionate uh, understanding? You know, if I'm, if I'm thinking in that way, it starts to impact decisions I make throughout my, my day. It might impact my decision of what drink I might choose in the morning. If I'm thinking about, you know, I want to be energized during, throughout the day. I might select the water as opposed to the sugar drink. I like to go back to that, that, that central inner point of, you know, what do you want to really experience? What does it look like to truly express and be authentic in your expression? And what's your bigger why, your bigger purpose? And I think when you do that and you operate from that place and you sort of make your decisions that are in alignment with that person you want to become, then then things become a little bit more objective. And I found in my health, when something is objective, it's easier for me to make the healthy choice. When I know that choosing this meal over that meal is going to help me to accomplish whatever 
state I want to be in with my fitness, it's typically easier for me to select the, the healthier meal. Um, I know for myself, a lot of my times, emotions just kind of get in and, and kind of can run rampant and make decisions all over the place. And so it's been very helpful for me to have something like a personal mission statement. And within my personal mission statement, have things that uh, speak to my health. So that when I read my mission statement in, in the morning, then it's in my mind that I'm going to be making choices throughout my day that align with it. And when I'm aligning with it, I'm aligning with what I consider my, my purest and truest expression of health as it is right now. And so that's, that's how I would define that, kind of a long definition. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And I love that you have a personal mission statement. That's something that I help introduce a lot of women to and get them to see that if you don't have a mission statement and values and kind of a vision for how your life is guided, you know, what's the saying that the, there's no favorable wind to the sailor who has no destination in mind? Mm, yeah. So how, can you share with everyone, uh, if, you, if you'd like to share your personal mission statement, I would love that, but you don't have to. And then how you, you were introduced that this is something you should do and how it helps you in your life. Oh, Awesome. I would love to share my mission statement. I actually put it on my website. So it's something that I, I kind of put out there because I want people to be able to, to read it. Um, so I have it right here. And um, this, is new, this is my newest version. I just completed this mission statement with my coach, I want to say less than a month ago. So after I've, I create mission statements, I go through a process of memorizing them and then really internalizing them and then embodying them. So I'm still in the, the memorizing process. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. Okay. My mission statement right now is to play the game of experiencing life each and every day in full beast mode with humility and childlike faith while being authentic with my voice and choice and being all in as I surrender to a life of principles, love, and balance in order to transform fear to love and scarcity to abundance as I flow in the conviction of peace. Wow. That's my, my mission statement for this current season in my life. Wow. I just felt, felt it like a sh spiritual shower come over me <laughs> and felt it like embody, embody me. That, that's so beautiful. And how, how does it show up in your life that you notice that this mission statement matters in your life so the process that um i went to to, de to develop my mission statement was very very intentional and very personal every word in my mission statement was placed in you know for a purpose and in the order that it's supposed to be in so when i read it there are so many reminders of for me in how I can be each day. And when I read it, every time I read it, something, something different will stand out, like something different will resonate for me. So what I do is I have my mission statement on my phone and every morning my alarm goes off at 8 a.m. for me to read my mission statement. And I will read it through and something will, again, something will stand out for me. And I'll try to keep that in the back of my mind. Now, when I'm about to step into some sort of um, uncomfortable situation, uh, some sort of challenging situation, maybe something that I'm a little bit nervous about, 
I'll read it again. I know I'll go back to my mission statement and read it because particularly that first sentence for me to play the game of experiencing life each and every day in full beast mode. Beast mode is the phrase that I have adopted for myself when I am just at a, a, a high frequency vibration in my life. When I'm, when I'm aligned, when I'm, when I've got my full swag on, it's beast mode. And so I will go back to that mission statement and I'll read it and I'll, and I'll concentrate on what it means for me to experience life each and every day in full beast mode, not partial beast mode, in full beast mode. And it reminds me like, cause I, I know what it's been like. I've been in those states many times, those beast mode states. So I know what it feels like to embody that. And I know what it feels like in, in all of my cells to be that. So when I'm in a space, when I'm, I'm feeling scared, I'm feeling small, I'm feeling whatever it is, I can read that mission statement, I can key in on something like the word beast mode, and I can remind myself that that's within me. It isn't something that I need to take a substance or talk to a person or do something external that w- that's within me, and I can turn that fire up within me almost at will. And so that's how I use it particularly in situations, like I said, when I'm feeling uncomfortable, when I'm feeling scared about something, or when something's very important to me and I really want to show up powerfully, I'll read that mission statement and it'll just instantly energize me and I'm ready to go. So I love that beast mode. And you say you can turn it on at will. And that's something that I really try to help my clients tap into Because if you're not in beast mode, you can't make the best choices for yourself on what to eat. And if you're not in beast mode, you can't sometimes motivate or inspire yourself to do the things, take the actions, take the steps that you need to take to be brilliantly healthy, like exercise and meditate and take supplements. So how did you learn how to turn it on at will? And how would you tell somebody to know if they're in that beast mode and how to get in it. So the turning it on at will um, is it, it, it may not necessarily be a button that I'm feeling low and self-conscious and judgmental, you know, or jealous. And I press the button and I'm no longer feeling any of those things. It's not necessarily like that. It's more of, a reminder to myself that when I am feeling those, those things, if I step into the thing that's uncomfortable for me, if I step into that fear, I will, I trust myself that I can show up powerfully and that that powerful person within me can become activated because I found within me, a lot of times it becomes activated when I'm stepping into those things I'm scared of. If I'm just hanging out on the couch with my boys and we're just watching, you know, World Cup, you know, it's not necessarily, I don't necessarily in that full beast mode self, but if I'm about to step into a, a confronting, scary, you know, intimate sexual experience or something, and I'm like, wow, you know, this is, I'm really feeling nervous right now because I've, I've done it and I've repped it and I've allowed myself to be vulnerable in those ways. And I've, I've tapped into my courage. I know that I can trust myself that even when things are incredibly scary, I can still show up powerfully. 
And that at the end, I'm going to walk through and feel on fire. I'm going to feel like I'm in beast mode. So it's not necessarily I touch the button and the engine ignites. It's I'm going to, I'm going to turn that dial and walk in and trust that that's going to, it's going to ignite within me. I get that's that. sort of the, the distinction that I experience in my own life. And, and it, it comes from, I think for myself making the choice that I'm going to step into my fears and that that something is really terrifying me. If something is making me so nervous and uncomfortable, that's an area of opportunity for me. There's something there that I can heal. There's some belief that I have about myself. There's something that's, that's blocked, that's creating these emotions. And if I step into it, I have an opportunity to dissolve that fear. And so I, I made that decision for myself about six years ago that I'm stepping into my biggest fears. And that has transformed my life. And, and doing that again and again and again, stepping into those things that are incredibly scary for me, has helped me to see that there is that beast mode within me. And I trust that the next scary situation that comes along, if I step into it fully and I come from a place of, of you know, surrender, then it allows me to really tap into my most powerful self. Wow. I love that. So what made you decide that you were going to step into your fears and what gifts have you gotten from that? I think that's a great example for everybody listening because creating authentic, brilliant health, whether it's for men or women, requires you to walk through some some fears, some false evidence appearing real and do some things that you might not be accustomed to doing and make different choices. So I'd love to know your journey. If you could share that, I think it would really help people see how it might benefit them to do the same thing. So sprinkled throughout my life from when I was a young kid through adolescence, through twenties and college and career and all of that stuff are more moments than, than, um, then I, I, I want to have be there basically where I was terrified and frozen in place and decided not to move into something. Mm. It could have been around uh, me being a senior in high school and being very intimidated about going out for the varsity team. So I didn't. And then spending the next year wondering what if and judging myself for not going for it and, and feeling shame and, and feeling the confidence hits that I placed on myself. It looks like having a great relationship with somebody on on a friendship level and wanting to take it to the next level, but being so scared of rejection that I don't do it and wondering what if, and then watching them connect with other people and think, boy, that could have been me. It looks like selecting a major in college and stepping in and when it got hard and, and I had to really apply myself, I got scared. Maybe I'll fail if I really apply myself. So I went ahead and backed out before I had the chance to fall on my face. It looks like doing that so many times, and, and sitting there in that moment after I decided to play small and feeling those, all those things that wash over you. You know, you, you had the feeling of, things, of emotions wash over you when I read my mission statement. I have felt so many disempowering emotions wash over me every time in my life that I decided I wasn't going to do something because I was scared. Mm. And 
you know, I, I don't look back and have regrets for that because I knew I needed to experience so many of them until I got sick of it. And I started and I just decided I'm going to do something different. So I look back at them and I, and I have gratitude. They weren't fun, you know, and, and there's a lot of, of tangled up emotions, particularly around self-confidence, self-worth, self-image that I'm still untangling because I, I allowed those, those disempowering thoughts really to, to grow some strong roots. But it was just, honestly, it was just being complete with that experience, feeling like I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to sit here and see that I'm at a crossroads where I can choose to go down a path that's a little bit scary, but there's something amazing on the other side and choose to go down the easy road and just take the easy road and constantly be looking over my shoulder like, what if, what would have happened if I had gone that direction? And so about six years ago, I just decided I'm done with that. And I, I, you know, I made a decision to leave a job and step into the world of entrepreneurship and, and really go out on my own and, and create my own business. And I had no experience and I was totally scared and, you know, all of these things. And that was the lead domino that absolutely transformed my life because making that one decision, doing it, and then seeing, wow, okay, I didn't die. <laughs> you know, like the worst case scenario didn't happen. And having the awareness and the understanding for myself that my mind is such a powerful tool. And it, if I point it in the direction of great things, it can create great things. But boy, if I let it just go, it can totally stop me in my tracks. And so kind of learning little things to help me not potentially continue to go down the path of my fears because I'd been there and I'd done that and I'm complete. You're complete, complete with that. Ex- that. And I'm so, complete with that experience. Yeah. I love that. And so what has opened up for you in life? You, you've put behind you the limitations and you said yes to your greater self. So how has your life transformed? You said it's transformed. What has opened up for you? What's different? I, I used to think when I was, um, you know, let's just say 10 years ago, I would see people who were quote unquote successful. Um, and, I, you know, I, I think of success as success with a small S is sort of the, the having the great job and the career and the money and the houses. Success with a big S is who you become in the process, Right. So I've seen people who've created, um, I'll just say results. They had the great job. They made millions of dollars. They did all these things. They were loved by many people. They were blah, blah, blah. And I would think that they were something fundamentally different between them and me, something that I could never have because it wasn't bestowed on me at my birth. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I was like, all right, well, these folks were dealt a hand of aces. I was dealt some sevens. So I guess I'm just going to have to go through life with my sevens and make it, make it the best that I can. That sort of thinking transformed for me. And so with that transformation and thinking opened up for me the possibility that anything, that anything I want to create and experience, I can. And my, what limits me is, is, is really my belief in myself, my conviction my clarity and my vision and I have the ability to change and shift all of those things. So that was a huge mindset shift that, that has happened for me. And what has resulted in the transformation within my life is I have the 
and a relationship with my my wife that is so far beyond abundant and loving that I could never have conceptualized that type of relationship four or five years ago. It just wasn't in my brain that you could have a relationship like this. And I believe that relationship is possible for everybody. I am, I am creating a lifestyle out of what I absolutely love doing. It's having conversations like this. It's producing my podcast. It's, it's, you know, working with the, the, the clients that I work with one-on-one for lifestyle coaching. It's helping businesses, you know, transform by tapping into the, the power of the podcast platform and, and all of that stuff and creating a lifestyle, making money from that, you know, supporting myself from that. There's all these things that that maybe seem small on the surface, but I didn't believe those things were really possible for me because I believe that in order to create that lifestyle, you had to have something, some trait, some quality, some gene that was given to you that was luck of the draw that I didn't have. So shifts have happened in all areas, emotionally, socially, mentally, spiritually, sexually, physically, and they continue to just snowball. And right now, things happen fast. And and instead of saying busy, I like to say my my life is fast, full, and fun. And it's at a really interesting pace because that abundant snowball is is growing and growing and growing. And Right now, I feel like one of my biggest jobs and biggest challenges is staying humble with it and and showing gratitude for it all. And that's what I that's what I work on tremendously. Well, I think that you bring a lot of value to people, and that's why it's just snowballing. I think when you step into your authentic self and you say yes to your greater path, not your small path with a small P, but your big path with a big P. <laughs> Yes. Um, which is where your pain becomes your purpose and your passion. Mm-hmm. Then that snowball happens. And that's why it's happening for you. And I'm so glad to get in on the ground floor because <laughs> I just, I'm just amazed at your insight and your level of clarity and your willingness to say yes to this. And I'm thinking, and I've been kind of on a, on a similar journey for many, many years and have said yes to my greater purpose and kind of unplugged from the traditional route that doctors take. Uh, but I'm thinking, I know he's got to be reading the same books I'm reading, <laughs> you know, Neville Goddard in there. And I hear some, you know, uh, the game of life and thinking grow rich. And am I wrong? No, you're, you're accurate. You're accurate. There's a lot of that material because I think a lot of these ideas are out there. I, I, I don't feel like I'm creating anything and sharing anything that's unique. I'm putting my unique spin and perspective on it. But the, the wisdom that's out there and the insights, you know, I think people have so much of that wisdom within us. But from my own personal experience, it was just terrifying to step into me just being, being me, like fully unapologetically, authentically me and loving and accepting and approving of what that expression looks like. That has been terrifying and it still is scary. And as I've done that more and more, the the beauty just unlocks. It's just like the flower that blossoms. Like it just continues to unfold. And so I love that unfolding. So I keep trying to do more and more of it. 
And um, yeah, all these amazing men and women who've written about these things and talked about these things, there's a reason why there's common threads throughout all of it. Right. But it's interesting because to you and me and probably some people listening, it's very everyday common sense. We hear about these things. We talk about it. But I'm amazed that the large majority of people are completely unaware of it. And if they're tuned to, you know, CNN and just mainstream media, they're not going to hear about these things unless they're really putting the turning the TV off and having these types of conversations and being open to new people and new experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm just always so uh, I'm just kind of in an awe and in gratitude for people who have really been open to this information, but I agree. There are lots of books out there and it's one thing to read about it. It's another to say, yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> going to quit my job. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to not have a brick and mortar office, like for me being a physician. So I just, I applaud you for that. Uh, and really uh, being authentic. And I, I love that you're out there living out loud, what I call it, and giving people permission to do the same. And then they can look to you for inspiration and guidance. And, well, how do you do this? Because I think there's so many people who are kind of locked away who really want to live out loud and they know what they really want to do, but they're scared, like you said. Yeah, you know, it's my, my coach will, will ask me questions. And a lot of times I want him to tell me the thing. Tell me how I can release this jealousy that I might be experiencing, for example. And, you know, I'm wanting him to have a bullet point list on the whiteboard and say, do this, meditate on this, read this book, eat this root, and you're going to not feel jealous, right? But instead, what he does is he asks me. He might ask me, what do you think? And I'll think about it. And an answer comes out. And that, you know, I think I mentioned it earlier, I feel like the things are within us, you know, like a lot of times those answers are within us. It's just, we just don't take a minute to, to, to think about them for ourselves and to trust ourselves. Trusting myself has been such a huge thing lately. I found that, for example, if I'm trying to come up with a podcast topic, one of the first impulses of mine might be to go to uh, medium.com and, and read what people are talking about. I think, no, wait a minute, stop. Don't go to medium. Trust yourself. What's coming up for you, right? And, and so I constantly remind myself to just trust myself. And then when I do, something comes out, some, some little nugget of inspiration, some idea, something that I can then take action on. And in terms of making those shifts, particularly for folks who, have, who are, it, ha- haven't been kind of going down this path, um, it's, it's like small steps. It's small steps. Like when sometimes I'm thinking about what I need to do next to whatever, release the judgment and what comes up within me are small little things. And then you do the small things and they add up to big things because I know in my mind, like I said earlier, I'm one who can like mentally mess with things and I just can live up in my head. I will think that in order for me to make the, to to be the most authentic self-actualized person, I need to quit my job, quit my job, renounce all possessions, 
move, you know, you think like you got to do these huge acts and there's these big acts that are going to create transformation, but it's just like the compiling of small choices and being consistent with those choices. And when you get off path, getting back on path and staying with it and going because that creates momentum that builds weight, like energy, like energy builds up as you are constantly making those deposits towards whatever it is that you want to experience. And so that, you know, that's sort of the advice that I wish I had had when I was younger, because I was looking around at people who seemed so far further down the path of effective living than I, and I thought I need to do something drastic to go and get to that point. Missing the, the, the fact that it's just small incremental things that I'm doing that then move you further. You know, it's the, it's the go slow, get there fast sort of mindset around it. So I know I jumped around on a couple of things, but that's why I felt led to share. No, that's fine. And, and that issue of trusting yourself is so key. I think that yeah. as children, we're really socialized against trusting that inner knowing. And I think that it hinders our health. I think we innately know what's good for us to eat and not good for us to eat. Our but, bodies tell us. Right. Our bodies tell us. And yet we're told, no, eat that, clean your plate, don't eat that. And we get so much control around what we eat. And then I think we become disconnected from what's healthy. And that's kind of been my part of my walk too, is stop asking other people for their opinion because I, mm. you know, I'm creating this life and a career or I have created that's really my own path. And it's really what I came here to do in this life. And nobody else knows the direction. So I don't, whenever I get the thought, oh, I need to ask so-and-so their opinion. Nope. I need to go inside and ask Kieran, what's her opinion? Yeah. And follow that gut instinct. And invariably when I do, I make the right choices. Yeah. Um, and this is something that I really work with women to help them rediscover. And it's one of the reasons I went and got trained in life coaching and it's a spiritually based type of life coaching. So I can help people reawaken that in themselves and reconnect to that guidance that you so beautifully seem to have found. And I love that, that you're here and sharing this. And I'm hoping that people listening will be inspired to listen to your podcast and really get back in touch with themselves because your willingness to do this and share it, I think touches, it touched something in me mm. oh, about thank my you. authenticity and my, and wow, it was just it was so awesome. So I thank you for doing that. Yeah. Thank you. It's for me, the show has been, a lot of things. One of, one of the biggest has been a way for me to just practice being vulnerable. And I was not a vulnerable type of person growing up. I, I, that wasn't modeled to me, uh, particularly being a man, you aren't taught to be vulnerable. Um, I, I just, no, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't for it. So I found there's a lot of strength there and there's a lot of power in vulnerability. And one of the things I really wanted to do with my show was I'm like, I'm stepping into fears. I'm afraid of being vulnerable. Let's go ahead and start sharing. And that has been what people have connected to, I think, most um, because, you know, it's it said all over the place, like we're all connected. 
And I know for me, sometimes that idea is kind of like up in the air and I don't really, don't, I don't really get it. But I can understand that you go through life experiencing emotions, fear, nervousness, anxiety, anger, whatever. And I go through life experiencing those same emotions. I can connect to you over that. I can connect over you over the, the times when you felt immense joy and when you felt so excited that you just can't sit still. I can connect to you over that. So when I'm, when I'm sharing whatever I'm sharing and I'm being vulnerable, there's that, it's like, I found that it just opens the door to connect with people because they can see themselves in it and vice versa. When I hear stories, when I listen to other podcasts, when I read other books, I can see myself in another person's sharing. And that's super powerful to me because I'm, I'm all about creating relationships and being in relationship with, with myself, uh, but then also with other people and, vulnerability is such a huge part of creating healthy, thriving relationships, in my opinion. Yes. And, and I do know that your time with us is limited and so appreciate you talking with me. I have to ask you before you go, though, because all the women listening are wanting to know, how do I get the men in my life to open up and be vulnerable and get in touch with their feelings and share? What are you <laughs> I think if I had the one answer to that, <laughs> I would be, uh, is a, are there any trillionaires yet? Cause I don't think there are. I'd probably be the first one if I could answer that you question. Would be the first. <laughs> um, a couple of things come to mind for me, you know, when I have been pushed in the past, I have pushed back 10 times harder than the person pushing on me particularly in relationships when I've been pushed into something that feels uncomfortable. So what has worked for me is truly creating a space and an environment for sharing. And that can look like a lot of different things. One of the things that I see most in my current relationship is that my wife and I can be the most authentic and vulnerable when those trust, when that trust is very high. When the trust is very high, I can trust, first of all, I can trust myself with myself, but I can also trust my emotions with you. If there's, if that trust isn't there and the environment isn't there, there's going to be zero sharing. It's just, that's not going to happen. So the trust needs to be high. And I found that a way to build trust is through making deposits in another person's love tank. And I think about um, five love languages by Gary Chapman. And I know for me in my prior relationships, I wasn't aware of the, of the concept of a love language in that my partner might want to receive love in a certain way that might be different than how I receive love. Mm -hmm. And so when we're making deposits in a person's tank to build the trust, to create the environment for sharing, it's so important that you're making those deposits in a way that that person can receive. You know, like you think about, um, I have a, I have a almost two year old daughter and she doesn't have this toy, but a lot of kids do. It's like the, the big block with the holes in it. It's like a triangle hole, a square hole, a circle hole. And you, you put the different objects in. Right. In my relationships in the past, I had a square block and I'm trying to stick that through a circle hole and I'm getting frustrated that the person's not receiving my square piece of love. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. You know, it's like, she can receive circle love. So let me figure out what circle love is and I'll give that to her. So the way I would answer your question is, is vulnerability 
requires a type of environment and the space held for, for vulnerability. Can't force that type of thing. In order to create that environment, to create that space, there has to be trust. Has to be high levels of trust there. It may not even happen if there's super high levels of trust, to be honest, because somebody just might be so terrified of being vulnerable. But when there is a lot of trust and that environment is there, then, vulner, then, then, then people can open up. And in order to create that trust, it's just making those deposits in a person's tank and being very careful that you aren't making withdrawals, violations of someone's standards, violations of someone's values, violations of someone's trust. Those are withdrawals. And every time you make a withdrawal, you got to start that process over to build it back up. I think the best shot at having open, authentic and vulnerable conversations with, with your man, with a partner is to create that space and to have that space. And then, you know, that's what you can control. You can't control the other person and how they feel and how, they, how comfortable they are. You can do your best. So you, you can create that space, but ultimately, you, you know, they have to step into it. Um, but I just don't think you're going to step in if the space isn't there in the first place. So it sounds like you can make it welcome, but you can't force it to happen, but you can make it welcome. Yeah. And if it isn't happening, then maybe talk about why it's not happening. What's, you know, I, I think that if you're in the type of relationship where, you know, if you're in that intimate relationship with somebody, there's probably a door that can be cracked open for some sort of conversation, you know, and when the crack does appear, you know, go there and, and, and maybe the conversation isn't around share with me this deep, dark secret. It's around why aren't you sharing this deep, dark secret? What comes up for you when you think about sharing this deep, dark secret? We're not even going to go to the secret. It's okay. We don't have to talk about that. But I just want to understand why you're resisting. Those are different types of conversations. And I think that um, it takes a very aware, emotionally mature type of person to have that type of conversation where you're seeking to understand somebody first as opposed to being understood. Um, that for me has been a skill that I've cultivated over the last few years, um, referencing, uh, Stephen Covey's seven habits for highly effective people, you know, seek to understand before being understood. That's another way of making a deposit in someone's tank is when you're really trying to understand them and that's it. You don't, you're not, you're not trying to put your agenda on top of them. So hopefully there's a couple things there that your listeners can, uh, can take and run with. Yeah. And I think what you're talking about is more evolving into what Gary Zukov calls spiritual partnership, mm. which is a, a way more open and intimate, vulnerable way of navigating life in all your relationships, as opposed to the types of relationships maybe that former generations had that was more utilitarian. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that the women that I work with are very much seeking that higher form of relationship uh, with themselves and with their partners. And so I so thank you for just who you are and what you're doing. I, I just think it's brilliant. And I think the, the snowball is going to continue to grow because the world needs this. Men need to hear you sharing, examining yourself and sharing authentically, being vulnerable. Women need to see what's possible. And I just, I think that anybody who, and everybody who listens to your podcast and what you have to say is going to love you right away. And, 
and stick with you because it's just, I think it's brilliant. Oh, thank you so much, Karen. I, I received that. I really do. And, um, you know, it's, uh, not everybody loves the message and that's okay because it's confronting. It's confronting, you know, and I know that for many years I was, I turned the total opposite direction of any sort of confronting conversation, particularly when it had to do with how I was showing up and how I was processing things. So the more people who feel confronted, I think that's an indication that I'm moving in the right direction. <laughs> Same here with what I'm doing. So yes, absolutely doing it. And thank you so much for sharing yourself and your time and your wisdom with us. I'll put links down below to your website um, where people can go um, if you want to tell them a little bit about that that would be great awesome awesome yeah so uh, the podcast that we've been referring to is called having it all it's on all the different platforms um, and then my website is matthewbivens.com that's just my full name matthewbivens.com and you can see all the different things I am currently working on I have a number of podcasts out there right now I do a really fun one with my wife where we talk about uh, empowering birth and women and family is around birth. So a lot of fun stuff, just really conscious, beautiful, connected conversations like this. So all of that's at MatthewBibbins.com. And um, this has been a lot of fun. This was, this was a really great time, really great conversation. I appreciate you. I appreciate you too. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Hopefully you're inspired to take action on some new information you received today. A step towards the bountiful, blissful, beautiful vitality that you deserve. If you have health topics and questions you'd like addressed, please message me on my Facebook page or visit KieranDunstonMD.com and let me know. I'd love to help. Remember to share this podcast on social media and send it to your friends and family who could benefit from it too. If you love the show, please go right now to iTunes, write a review, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll be the first to know when future episodes are available. Thank you again for joining me. And remember, achieving optimal health isn't magic, it's science.